All right, this is Brent Leary, and I'm sitting at the uh, headquarters of Zora and speaking to Team Zoe, who is the CEO of Zora. Team, thanks for having me over today. This is great. Yeah, thanks, Brent. Always good to see you. So it's been uh, roughly about a little over five years now since uh, you were one of the first folks that I started the series with with Small Biz Trends. That's right, yeah. And, uh, of course, that was really, I guess, the kind of the initial beginning stages of uh, what you guys were calling the subscription economy. So uh, maybe we could just talk a little bit about where, what what you saw five years ago with subscription economy, where you yeah. thought it was going. Did it meet your expectations? Are sure. we where we, we, you thought we'd be today yeah. with it? Gosh, five years. Five years is, uh, can be a long time if you sort of reflect back. Um, I mean, five years ago, we were just really starting off evangelizing this whole idea of subscriptions. And we would go out there and talk about things, how you and I would not have to buy products anymore. So instead, we would just use services. We would pull out your phone, tap into the biggest, the latest service to really meet our everyday needs, both in our personal lives as well as our business lives, especially with these, these SaaS applications. And five years ago, when we really talked about this, uh, it was probably a lot of skepticism, right? People really didn't, you know, necessarily see it coming yet. You think back five years, Uber, you know, really wasn't around, right? We weren't, you know, picking up our phone and trying to get from point A to point B. You know, Netflix, gosh, five years, they were probably still that DVD company, or maybe they were just doing that split, or, you know, that what was that, that, that Blockbuster? Was that still around? Blockbuster was still around, right? And so, so uh, but, you know, fast forward to today, and what we talked about has really come about, right? So this whole idea, you don't have to buy a car. Now that there is Uber, there is Lyft, more and more people are going from two-car families down to one-car families, or even just getting rid of the, their cars altogether. And then, obviously, you know, with movies, the uh, just you walk into Best Buy today, my understanding is you can't even buy a DVD <laughs> player anymore, right? We're just simply used to pointing our phones and our TV sets to whatever we need to get the music and the movie services that we want. And then five years ago, you're talking about 2011, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and the whole technology sector has shifted over where it's not just startups, right? Trying to build the Salesforce.com of this or the Salesforce.com of that, but the whole software categories has shifted to, to, to software services. You've seen Adobe saying we're gonna only offer Creative Suite now as Creative Cloud and you can only subscribe to it. I just logged into my Microsoft uh, Office account, right, or account, right, the software after we did the upgrade and it's asking me to log into something, right? So, so this right. whole idea of technology is offered services is, is there. So I would say today, you know, we truly do live in, 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 in a subscription economy and, and, you know, it's played out exactly as, 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 as we had hoped. Were there, have there been any surprises on the upside or even on the negative side to uh, what's going on with subscription economy today? Well, you know, we used to play this game, you know, maybe, maybe after uh, dinner when the dessert, the wine, the coffee are flowing, right? In terms of what is the last thing that you can actually subscribe to, right? And we would talk <laughs> about things like, like cement, right? This is sort of a, you know, it's a heavy, big thing. Well, how do you actually subscribe to cement? Because this is, this is the <laughs> ultimate physical product. Well, today, I mean, we were working with a company that uh, actually sells floors. And the first time we met with them, I was looking at the briefing doc, and, and I thought it was a new technology, right? You've got containers, why not, you know, why not floors? You know, this, this is a 150-year-old company, European company, that sells tiles, right? vinyl tiles, marble, hardwood floors, concrete, cement. And so there it is, it's, and, and, and what they're doing is, well, it's, it's, they said, oh, look, no, you're not subscribing to cement, but we're actually putting sensors underneath the floors, 
and, and detecting movement and pedestrian traffic and there's all these things that we could do now that we have these smart floors versus you know the traditional floors. And so when you sit back and you think about where IoT mm. has really brought us over the last five years and things are becoming smarter, they're detecting things, they're processing stuff, they're feeding information to the cloud, right? We're really seeing that, that this whole subscription economy thing is just going much, much further than, than, than we had ever imagined. So we're sitting in the midst of Dreamforce. There's a lot of talk about Einstein, artificial intelligence, yeah. deep learning, all these kinds of things. You're seeing companies like uh, Salesforce and Oracle acquiring these smart technology companies and bringing them underneath the platform. Yeah. So when it comes to artificial intelligence, how is that impacting subscription business models? Well, the things that we use, right? We're very, we're used to a very different set of expectations now, right? So three, four years ago, Right, the idea that, 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 first of all, the idea that we have to buy a product and then figure out how to use that product at the outcome that we want, right? We want to go to point A to point B. We don't want to have to think about, well, where's the car? Does it have gas, right? Does it have insurance? You just want to pick up your phone and say, look, I'm here and I want to go there and something does it for you, yeah. right? But now, like, you know, the whole idea of personalized, customized, we're used to everything we use you can customize it, you can personalize it to your needs, right? It's not this whole idea of, well, you can have any color as long as, long as it's black. That's really not, 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 not good enough anymore. My phone is customized to my needs, my car is customized to my needs, my software is customized to my needs. And then, you know, the other thing that's happened is we're used to things getting better and better. And so, so because everything is software driven, right, you're used to the next push of the app onto your phone, you're used to the next release of the SaaS application, you don't have to do anything, there's just all these capabilities that pop up. Right, Tesla's now doing it with the cars, where the cars are updating themselves, mm. right? And so yesterday, you know, today, today, now the car has self-driving features, and that's pretty incredible that you didn't have to go buy another car. And what we're seeing with, 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 with this intelligence, predictive artificial intelligence stuff, is just the next step, right? Mm. We will now expect everything that we use to be smart, right? To be processing our past behavior, processing our preferences, right? Correlating that with what other people, similar people are doing. It makes suggestions for us and just to make it easier for us. And I would say two years from now, if you're using something that doesn't have that capability, it's gonna feel weird, right? Mm -hmm. It's gonna feel really weird. That's where the world is going. Have you seen a change in the way that new net new subscription business model companies um, are developing? Are you seeing uh, customer service or customer experience at the heart of the business model right from the beginning? Absolutely. I mean, we talk about how the shift from products to services really changes all facets of the company. And you think about it, the, the old model is to say, well, I created a product and now how do I feed it through my different channels, right? How do I get into the store? How do I sell it to my salespeople? How do I get other partners to sell it? Do I let them buy it online, right? As long as I can ship my, as many units of these products, I'm good. Right? in this new model, you're saying, look, I've, I've, got, I've got customers that are subscribing to services well, they expect it to get better and better, but how do I build an agile innovation platform that actually responds to what my customers are telling me, right? I don't have to build a hit product day one. I can get something into the marketplace that people find valuable and then really work with my customers to iterate on that product and go deeper and deeper and deeper. And that, that's really how you build you know, sustained competitive advantage. Um, you know, marketing. Marketing used to be about branding things. Well, why is that important? Because I want to know what I'm buying before actually buy and the brand tells me a lot. Mm -hmm. But now it's all about the experience. I can try things out. I can take a 30-day trial of something. I can sign up for it, see if, if, if I like it or not. 
you know, even if there's a physical product involved, I can get that iPad, try it out for a few days. If it doesn't work for me, I know I can bring it back to the Apple store, right? right? Because it's about that long-term experience. And I can go on, IT is different, finance is different, right? Finance used to be, well, how do I find the capital to invest in the factories to build this hit product and hope that I'll sell as many as I can? It's kind of like the blockbuster movie studio, right? I'll invest $200 million in this movie and hope that I can sell all these tickets. Mm. It doesn't work like that anymore, right? I basically say, well, look, I've got my customer base that's giving me recurring revenue that I could depend on, and how do I want to allocate that recurring revenue so that I can grow the fastest, right? How do I think about, okay, let's allocate some of that revenue to keep my existing customers happy, mm. right, and keep them coming back for more, versus how do I go ahead and spend it on bringing new customers into the fold and continue to grow? And the last thing that you talked about, when we talked to the CEOs, right, the, the leaders of these companies, mm -hmm. they're saying, how do I fundamentally change the culture of my company? Because there used to be this, this hip product culture, and, 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 and we were used to be functionally siloed in, in, in our focus to say, well, how, many, how can we focus on how many units of these things we can ship? Now I've got to wrap all my different departments around the customer, right, because mm -hmm. the customer wants that unified experience. And so how do I break down the functional silos and put the customer in the middle of everything I'm doing because my goal is to turn that customer into a long-term subscriber of, my, of the services that I offer. So we're about five plus years into, at least from our last conversation with this, and customers, they've buying or subscribing to more things, different kinds of things, products, services, what have you. Uh, what does it take to be successful, a, a successful subscription business today compared to five years ago? Well, I, I think the modern customer has just changed, right? And so, so if you think about, I mean, if you just think about the biggest companies in the world, right? There's a statistic out there that says half the Fortune 500 companies will cease to exist in the next 15 years, right? And that's 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 pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And so, the pace of innovation and the pace of change is so big. Now, if you look at the Fortune 500 companies that are doing well, that are transforming. Right? You know, you look at IBM, you look at General Electric, they're not talking about themselves as product companies anymore, right? IBM is talking about, you know, we sell cognitive data services, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole set of technologies. Of course, they still have a lot of mainframes and PCs, but they see the futures about these, these data services that anybody can tap into, right, and then really use as a service. You see GE, there's an article, right? we're not about light bulbs or washing machines, right? We're about IoT, we're about you know, GE software, we're about machine learning, we're about putting sensors on turbines and engines and tracking all that information and creating better services and allowing you to, instead of buying engines, to simply use our engines by the mile or by the hour, right, whatever it happens to be. And so you're seeing these companies truly transform because they know that the modern customer today is simply different. So peer out, we talked five years ago, we're talking now. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking in five years. Sure. Uh, what are we going to be talking about with regards to the subscription economy five years from now? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I was at Salesforce for nine years, and so, so, so really part of the, you know, building that company, building that culture. And one thing that we used to say, and, you know, Mark was one of the, the biggest voices saying this, is people overestimate how much they can change in a year, but they completely underestimate how much change can happen in 10 years, right? When we started Salesforce in 1999, you know, it feels natural now, but at that time, right, when, 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 when people were still accessing the internet over dial-up modems, right, when, when, when nobody usually used Google for search, right, we really used Yahoo, the idea that our world would exist today with mobile phones always on networks in 10 years, you know, I don't know that how many people would have, would have imagined that. But now, 10 years later, that change has been massive. 
And so we're going through this. We're going through this right now, right? You're saying we're five years in. Mm -hmm. I think in five years, I truly believe that, 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 that you won't be buying anything. You won't be buying cars, right? You won't be buying furniture. You won't be buying clothes. You'll simply subscribe to the services to deliver your need. And somebody else will take care of these things. And all you want is the outcome, right? And, and, and it frees you up to really do what you love and do what you want to do. And lastly, what about small businesses? Uh, we see how the larger companies have been able to kind of add subscriptions on and you know kind of apply that to their huge customer bases. But if you're a maybe just starting a new idea, a new thought around subscriptions, what do they need to do yeah. to get off the ground successfully? Well, this is definitely not a big company thing only, right? This really applies to all sorts of companies. I mean, if you just look at you know, they call it the subscription box space, right? You know, and, 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 and there's an example around here of a company called Kiwi Crate. And here's two, you know, entrepreneurs that says, look, our skill, our talent is to, is to craft and curate these, these, these arts and crafts kids, uh, is kits for kids. But instead of trying to create these kits and get into the store, we'll just have people subscribe to it. And every month we'll give them a new kit. And they've been able to mass, you know, thousands and thousands of people that subscribe to these services and so the subscription business model is, is, is really good for small businesses because it allows you to reach a whole bunch of folks, allows you to engage with them, allows you to build a community, and allows you to build a recurring revenue model that allows you to, 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 to really plan your business. And so we're seeing you know, contractors do this. We're seeing law firms do this. We're, you, know, uh, you think about if you go overseas, you see a lot of retail stores mm -hmm. saying, look, you can come and, 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 and buy my services or you can sign up for 10 sessions at the spa, right, in advance, or become a member, right, and, 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 and build a relationship with me where I track your usage, I know what your preferences are, versus trying to drive you into my store for every single transaction. And that's just a much better way to go. Thought of this one last question. Will ERP be dead in five years? Well, ERP is, is a bit of a misnomer, right? I, I do think ERP will be dead. Like, I think what happened is, is with Y2K, people munge too many things into a big suite, right? Because they used to be, there's an accounting system, a warehousing system, distribution system. And I think, you know, with, with the old phase of technology, the old client server technologies, integration was such a challenge that people would try to run everything in one big system. And now they're realizing this isn't working, right? Maybe I'll, you know, if I'm a medium-sized business, maybe I'll use NetSuite for my general ledger. Maybe I'll use a product like Coupa for cure procurement, right? Maybe I'll use concur for expense management, but there's no reason you have to run one big application. So ERP is absolutely dead, right? It's gonna break up into different modules and certainly, you know, Oracle, SAP, there's a perfectly good accounting systems, but you're seeing people pull more and more out of their core ERP system because that's what allows them to be nimble. That's what allows them to, 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 to be competitive and be a lot more agile in today's world. So where can people learn more about what you guys are doing currently and into the future with Zora? Well, obviously, going to our website at www.zuora.com is great, right? It's a, it's, it's a great place. But we actually have the whole thing, series of things that we call subscribe. And what we found is this whole subscription economy concept is new. And people really valued our technology, but they really wanted to come together in communities to talk about, well, how do I, how do I price and package? How do I rethink my financials? Right? How do I change how I go to market? How do I become a lot more agile in how I build my innovations? And so we have a community that we call the subscribe community. So if you go to subscribe.com, there's tons and tons of online content, but we also take the show on the road. So this week at Dreamforce, 
We're doing a subscribe pop-up at Dreamforce. We did this yesterday. Next week, we're going to be in Tokyo. Uh, next month, we're going to be in London and Paris. After that, there's Boston, there's New York, there's Sydney. And so I would encourage folks to go to subscribed.com, right? Check out the content, check out the events, and hopefully we'll see them in one of our upcoming events. Thanks again for your time. Sure, absolutely, Frank. Thanks very much.